Hey, this is Overtime, Dribble's audio companion. And today we're talking with Laura Bohill, a freelance illustrator, icon artist, branding specialist, letterer, uh, an all-around cool person. I've been a big fan of uh, Laura for a long time. She's been a longtime Dribble member, and um, her work's fantastic and very fun. We're really thrilled to talk to her today. So uh, without further ado... So welcome, Laura B. It's so awesome to have you on Overtime. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It, it's super good. And I, you know, been a big fan of yours for for a long time because you've been on Dribble for a long time and and uh, and probably before that, too. I've just been following your work and uh, been a big fan of watching you grow as a designer. And, and um, so it's really good to talk to you in person about that and just sort of get get some more info on you and how you started, what you do, your process and stuff, and mm-hmm. whatever else we can talk about. So first of all, like, I guess we'll, I'll start with the obvious question. Like, what's, what's, where are you from and, and what's your background and how did you get into design, I guess? Yeah, well, I'm from County Durham, which is in the northeast of England. And I basically lived in the middle of nowhere for most of my life surrounded by fields and hills and trees. Yeah, basically only child on my own. And so I just had all of this beautiful countryside around me. Right in front of my house, there was a field full of cows. And for some reason growing up, I convinced myself that I owned these cows and the farmer just looked after them for me. So they were my imaginary pets when I was growing up. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Some, I don't. I have no idea how I convinced myself of this, but I did. Um, I always wanted a dog. Never had a dog. Still, really, really do want one. Um, but I did actually have a pet goat, <laughs> a couple of rabbits, several goldfish, and four pet ducks. So I had the most <laughs> bizarre pets growing up. That's what it is living in British countryside, I guess. But yeah, I I always, in terms of design and and illustration, I always have drawn I think a lot of us creative people always have um and I was never happier than when I got a new set of pens and a new wedge of paper that was like the best day ever yeah yeah (laughs) and when I was a kid this is one particular story that I love was that we had this really really gross kind of like a grayish blue wallpaper that had these flowers on And it wasn't until this one day when my mom finally decided to get rid of this really terrible wallpaper that she noticed that there was all of these additional flowers drawn on the wallpaper. So as a kid, I'd just been like, I'll just draw on the walls. Why not? (laughs) So I covered (laughs) this wallpaper in extra flowers, but she never noticed because I clearly did it very well. (laughs) Um, But she was like, what? well, why have you done this? And I was like, well, it just needs extra flowers. Like as if it was like no biggie. Like it was obvious it just needed extra flowers. (laughs) So I've always been creatively inclined (laughs) as a child growing up. Um, But I never really knew like how to, I didn't really know this was something you could do as a job. Like my parents are both have admin jobs. They work in offices. My granddad was a builder and my grandma was a seamstress in a factory so I didn't really have anyone creative around me as a child and I was an only child as well 
So when I was growing up and people would ask you that question, what do you want to be when you're older? I would always say, well, I want to be an artist, but I don't know how that makes money. Like that, that's yeah. actually what I said as a kid. Um, <laughs> and because for, for me, like the only way to do what I really wanted to do was to like paint, um, to make paintings of sunflowers and sell them by a river or something, you know. Like I just had no idea that graphic design or illustration was really a thing that people could do. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I, – I totally uh, I totally had the same mm-hmm. sort of uh, thought when I was a kid too. You know, I, didn't, I didn't know how design happened. And yeah, you, it's I, just you something it. yeah. that you take for granted. It's like everywhere, but it's like it's just there. Absolutely. I love the animal friends um, <laughs> thing, which I'll come back to actually because okay. I, I kind of see – you know, when we start talking about your your style, I guess, and your illustration style, mm-hmm. and, um, that, that kind of that's making sense to me now. So a little bit. So, and you're from County Durham, you said, yes, which is is that north north of Eng- North England? Or? Yes, that's the northeast of England. It's right northeast, on the east okay. coast, and it's probably oh, nice. about an hour's drive from the Scottish border. Oh, okay, on the Scottish. Yeah, border. so it's like Excellent. really far north. Yeah, really far north. Okay, I confuse great. a lot of Americans with like what my accent actually is like a lot of people yeah think no that's that I'm so like that's why that's why I was Australian. asking yeah because to me to me it's uh, I have I hear Scottish a little bit in there mm-hmm. but I guess it's just because of the, the the proximity or the location there. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's cool I, I see I love that I love all the accents it's great mm-hmm. like such a small area of the world has yeah I know such distinct um accents of the same language I guess you could say the same for for the U.S. but uh, not, I, I mean, I don't know. As an, is it true? Like, as as a non-U.S. person, like, is um, it? Do you, do you notice the accents more, like, so more than you would I, in, in the UK? A little or? bit, not not really so much. Like, everyone really just sounds American to me. Um, yeah. However, I'm in. Um, Jesse Arrington is in the studio that I work from, and she has a very southern accent, and hers oh, right. just yes. sounds completely different to everyone else. That's the only yeah. one who sounds distinctly different. A couple of people, I pick up certain words that sound different, but everyone else generally just sounds kind of the same to me. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. makes that makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess the uh, southern accents definitely yeah. uh, distinct <laughs> for sure. Very, very um, different. And then the rest of them are sort of mm-hmm. similar. But my accent's kind of having like an identity crisis right now because I've Your been accent is? yeah oh. <laughs> because I've been in the states for like three years and I come uh, home and everyone's like, "Laura, you sound so American." And I'm like, "What?" But the American people think I sound British, so I must be some kind of weird hybrid. Um, and I have no idea what's coming out of my mouth. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. I think I think it's I think it's I think you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing great. So um, that said, so you're you're you've been in the U.S. for for three years. You just said mm-hmm. actually, but you were doing freelance design uh, before that, right? In the U.K. Yes. and and you're still doing it now. Mm-hmm. So. It'd be cool to hear, you know, what does it matter where you are when you're doing freelance stuff, or you know, did your work change from when you were in the UK to versus New York? Or I think, I think personally, it doesn't really matter for me where I am, and I think maybe this is the case for a lot of illustrators too. You don't necessarily need to work on site with your client, or you know, or meet them in person. Um, I would say a lot of my clients I don't even have calls with. Um, I do everything via email. So I don't think you need to be in a city like New York. I do think that it's definitely helped me 
Um, it's definitely opened up doors that wouldn't if I wouldn't have opened if I'd stayed in Durham. But like even when I was in Durham, I still had clients in San Francisco and had a client in Australia and and Canada. And I think just being very active in the online community helps get clients from all over the world. It's it's really yeah. awesome. Like my clients in San Francisco, I actually got through Dribble. Thank you. <laughs> um and they're awesome. Like just someone emails you and is like, hey, what's up? Let's work together. And you're like, okay. So yeah, but being in New York definitely has opened up some doors. I've met some amazing people there. I'm very active online and in the real world. I like to go to conferences and as many events as possible. And I just want to make friends, you know, like this, our industry has so many amazing people. Um, and I just want to be friends with them all. <laughs> so yeah, I like to, I like to make those friends and keep them and work with them. I can like working with friends is just the best, the best time. Oh, totally. Yeah. Must mm-hmm. be. So yeah, actually along those lines, like tell us about ghostly ferns and like how I love how you refer to yourselves as a creative family mm-hmm. instead of like a company or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so it would be cool to hear uh, sort of the origins, how you got involved with 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 them and, and who they are and all that stuff. Of course. Um, Ghostly Ferns is definitely the single greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Seriously. Uh, we're a family of freelancers who... We all work out of the same studio space. Um, The space we work out of is called The Townhouse in Brooklyn, New York. And it's run by a company called Workshop, who the people behind Workshop are Creative Michonne, Jesse Arrington, and Casson Rosenblatt. They are incredible, incredible people. And not only for me, but I'm sure for everyone else who's come into their studio space, if you work there full time or you just pop in for the day like they make Brooklyn so welcome for everyone and they make make sure everyone's included part of this family they are so so nice yeah and so within this studio space we have there's maybe like 25 or 30 of us and we're all designers illustrators developers writers all creative people incredibly incredibly talented and everyone's just almost like a big family but ghostly phones, we work out of the attic. We have our own little space and we like to call it the haunted attic um, because, you know, we're ghosts. We also like to kill plants. Apparently, we can't keep them alive. <laughs> so, yeah, we, the ghostly phones, there's five of us in total. And it was started by Meg Lewis, who is the single greatest person in the world. She, work wise, she specializes in web design and branding. Not limited to that, of course. She she can do all kinds of things. I'm sure this woman, you could let her loose on anything and she'd just own it for you. Um, she is the most friendly person. She's infectiously happy and just so loving. Like It just rubs off on you. you. You feel instantly more positive for being around Meg for like five minutes. It's really great. Um, we also have Brad Evans, who he specializes in product and iOS design. He he loves animals more than he loves humans, <laughs> but he's very, very loving, so he also does love humans. Um, he's very, he's like the practical one of our group, and he's super, you can see that in his work, he's so organized, and he's like such a practical thinker, but he also likes to tidy up the attic after us and make sure that it's, everything's where it should be, <laughs> you know, he keeps us in line. 
Um, we also have Jen Masari, who is, she's a lettering artist and illustrator. She is a serious badass. Like, she's one of the coolest people that I've ever met. Uh, she She's so smart. Like, she knows everything about everything. I think, like, she, she just has to hear something once and it stays in her brain. And she creates beautiful, beautiful hand-drawn work. She's, I am in awe of her all of the time. The the drawings that are all over our studio, they're just so inspiring and, and amazing. And then last but not least, we have Corey Etzgon, who has actually joined us more recently. Um, and he specializes in web design development. He is hilarious. I think that he's like the joker of our pack. He's so funny. And just being around him just like lifts you up if, you, if you're ever feeling like a little bit cranky Corey can just come in and like crack a joke and you're like oh everything's fine <laughs> and he's like he's so smart too like he there's sometimes because I sit right next to him and he can like crank out a blog post in like a couple of hours and he's like yeah I'm done and then I'll look at it and I'm like damn this has like so much in it like it's so well thought out and like it seems like someone's been a lot longer putting this together he's like I don't know where it comes from because he just seems like a joker on the outside and he's just like, yeah, whatever. But he's so, so smart. It's crazy. Yeah. So these these people, they're my pals and my best friends. I happen to work with them, too. And they're all so, so smart and intelligent. Um, but yeah, like you said, we're, we're a creative family. Nice. Yeah. We're all individual artists, really. We all mostly work on our own thing. We all have our own websites. We all have our own identities. But we are all underneath the ghostly ferns umbrella, so to speak. Um, right, right. And every now and then, it might be Meg's web design featuring Laura's icons, you know? Or it might be, like, I have a client who I've worked with on illustration for a number of months, and then all of a sudden they need some iOS design, and I can be like, well, Brad would be really good at that. You should work with him too. So it's kind of like we all pull each other in when it's needed but mostly work on our own stuff yeah that's great so you're able to um specialize like you're each able to yes. specialize but and work together when it's applicable but not necessarily mm-hmm. have to run it as an entire company right yeah like one company um I th- which i think is really cool and the whole the whole vibe of ghostly ferns is really to me is is very fun and mm-hmm. um it looks like you guys have a really fun time we it's do. like yeah, yeah like like i want to hang out there you know in the haunted <laughs> attic and, we really uh, do have the best time like there's been times when like because we often we go to conferences like jen and megs both speak a lot um, and we always go as like a little gang together and you know hang out and when we're there like we meet up with our friends and they're always like you know like it looks like you have such a great time like but really, what's it like? Like, what are the problems? And we're like, guys, like, I don't know. Like, this is just really, really cool. Like, we're having a great time right now. I think probably the only problem is just communicating what we actually are to people, which is the hard part. Yeah, right, right, And clients right. Well, think, especially yeah. who don't really understand the industry as well as, like, we do, like me and you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard to get across to them, like, how we operate. Yeah, do, do, do people... Do clients approach you guys as a whole, or mostly like individually, or um, like, or if you know, if they do approach you as a whole, do they, you know, do they give you an RFP or whatever it is, and then you kind of decide who on the team is 
is right for that, or are they or are they mostly just they they know Laura does this awesome, yeah. so I'm gonna I mm-hmm. want to hire her. I mean, for the most part, people approach us individually, but occasionally we do get um, inquiries that all come to. We have like a hello at Ghostly Fans email. Um, and they'll be like, we want X, Y, and Z. And then we decide as a group, like, cause we know, like if something comes in, we know who that project is for because we all specialize. And so we just kind of decide amongst ourselves who it's appropriate for and whether there should be like two of us working on it or whether it's just one. And it just depends. We kind of like just make it up as we go along. But yeah, like what you said before about like, specializing I think that like as a freelancer one of the challenges is sometimes you feel like you have to be able to do everything and I definitely thought that earlier on in my career like before I was doing like web design and lettering and illustration and icons and like I'm all right at all of those things and I'm I'm not saying that I shouldn't have done them because I'm glad that I have that knowledge I definitely think doing web design before has helped me be an illustrator predominantly for the web. Um, But being part of Ghostly Ferns really gave me the confidence to be like, actually, I'm not the best at that. Meg's much better at that. I'm just going to specialize in doing illustration and icons and that kind of thing. And I'm going to collaborate with her because then the project's going to be better in the end. So, yeah, that's kind of how we work. That's fantastic. Yeah, like I, the idea of a collective is amazing, and I wish I wish there were more of those when mm-hmm. I was freelancing because I I definitely felt like like you said like I had to do a lot of different things and and then you know just being on your own is kind of mm-hmm. uh, a little bit lonely and it sounds like, it sounds to me like ghostly ferns like you even you even say it like call it a family where yeah it sounds like the relationships between you not not just as skills were the way they mesh but actually like the fact that you get along really well as people is, is probably yeah. just as important. We're the, they, these guys are my best friends. Like they really, really are. Mm-hmm. I met Meg when I first moved to um, New York three years ago and I started working in Studio Mates, which is a co-working space in Brooklyn. And we sat next to each other and we started working on a project here and there. She was like, I need some icons. Would, would you want to do them? And I was like, yeah, sure. And we like, everyone that we work with is kind of family and best friends and we all have each other's back. And I don't know, just that relationship kind of developed and we've just always been best friends since then. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's super great. So, so talking about your, your, your style. So your, your, your icon and illustration style, Mm -hmm. um, which I've always been a really big fan of. And, And to me, like the stuff that comes out of it is, it's very happy and um, mm-hmm. po- positive, and uh, even though you're doing stuff for different clients, like yeah. I, I can see like a, a thread throughout them that's that's like that, and 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 some and sometimes a little bit of humor too, mm-hmm. uh, which I which I'm a big fan of. Is that something that the clients are seeking you out for? You think, or is that something you you actually are kind of uh, directing them towards? You know, or the, the yeah. style in terms of style, I mm-hmm. guess. Um. Well, I think that. I approach every project with a problem-solving mindset. Like I said, I am an illustrator, really, but I kind of have, like, a designer's mentality. And, you know, like, on my website, everything is happy and it's, like, you know, it has that funny kind of personality to it. But I only actually put 
work on my website that I want to do again. I always want to create something that's really meaningful for a brand. And sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that's typically me. And I do projects like that all the time. I just did an icon set like a couple, like a couple of weeks ago and it wasn't really me. So I didn't put that on my website. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's selfish of me to not put it out there, but or whether it's just I understand my strengths. But that's just the kind of work I want to get again. What I put on my website, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think it'd be selfish at all. I think, and I've always heard, you know, put the stuff in your portfolio that you want to that you want to do more of, mm-hmm. right? So that to me, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but I think as well, like I draw in clients that want the kind of work that I produce and can identify with my personality. Yeah, like that's yeah. why I put things in my portfolio like Ghostly Floor, which is our ghost boobs with like our ghost boobs, our ghost with mascot. <laughs> <laughs> our ghost mascot with boobs. <laughs> yeah, so I am glad oh. you I'm glad you brought up Flow because I definitely wanted to ask about Flow because yeah, like, you des- you designed Flow, yes. right? And Flow is the ghostly ferns would you say Ghostly Friends logo or mascot, mascot or oh, she's mascot. Our mascot? Okay, um, yeah. And I think it's awesome, and I th- <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> it, it, it's cool because it works as a like you could put it on a shirt, and it's just it's a cool illustration, mm-hmm. and but it happens to represent you guys too. Um, but what I liked about it, and I think you you talked about it in your portfolio, like. We, we work best with clients who embrace our happy, fun, yeah. and weird, weird personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the purpose of flow is to attract clients who love us for who we are, no matter yeah. how weird we get. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really interesting tact tactic uh, to to try to you know you're actually it's a good way of seeking out the clients that, mm-hmm. that you want that, that would get you right. It's yeah. kind of like a to me it looks like a like a filter or like a a, a very easy test right up front like. You either get it or you don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you get it, then let's talk, and we're probably going to get along. Um, and if you don't, then then maybe it wasn't meant to be to to work with you. Yeah. Uh, do Do you feel like that's that's that was the goal with with Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's why I put things like I have like an illustration, like pretty close to the top of my website. That's like butts. Like I just I want people to to get <laughs> like to actually want to work with me. Like yeah. because if I'm not I, I don't know. I don't know if it is selfish or not, but like, I don't. I don't think that I should be working with clients that don't really get my like sense of humor or my personality. I want to be happy because I can't do the best job for them. I need people that want to embrace that, and I want to do the best job. Um, which is why that's the kind of work that I put out there. Like, I've had clients in the past that want something that's like a little bit more serious and you know I haven't done the best job for them and I know I haven't which is what I mean it's been fine the work that I've done but I just know that I'm not quite happy with it so that's the kind of work that I put out there because that's the kind of people I want to attract and the people I know that I can do the best job for I'm not just going to do like you know like people say like turning down work is bad like you shouldn't you should be happy that you've got the work or whatever but you know, if you know you're not going to do the best job for that client, if you know somebody else is better suited for that job, then yeah. fine, you should refer them. I refer a lot of work um, to different illustrators and designers that I know would be a better fit than me. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's that's really that's great. I mean, I I'm all for turning down things and saying no mm-hmm. <laughs> if it, if if it's not appropriate. I think I think uh, specializing even even in your own 
your own discipline is is uh, is a good thing. Yeah, and, and it's and hard. You're gonna make you happier. It's hard to say no, and you're like, yeah. well, I should be yeah. grateful. I should be doing this or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I I think once you figure out how to do that, it's like it opens up so many more doors of projects that yeah. you're much better for. No, totally. Hey, I was going to ask you, uh, curious about the tools you use, and I'm always interested in asking other mm-hmm. other designers like wh- what they use. Um, like, is there an analog component to what you do, or is it all all digital or, or a combination? Or? Yeah, um, so I mostly use Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator. I love using shapes and the Align tool, Pathfinder, like my babies. Like I couldn't live without them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I definitely always need to sketch. I know a lot of people can just jump straight into Illustrator and that's, that's awesome. Um, but I do my best thinking on paper. I even find that like my to-do lists, like I can get through them easier if they're written down. Like there's just something about getting my thoughts onto paper that really helped me clear my mind. Like just typing, I've tried typing to-do lists and it's just not the same, but yeah, like with my illustrations and my icons when I'm working on those sketching like really helps me figure out the backbone of what these icons illustrations are you don't get hung up on the aesthetics of how something looks yeah kind of I like to compare it to when you're designing a website and you do the wireframing first Mm -hmm, like and you're thinking mm -hmm. about the user experience so when I'm sketching my illustrations or my icons I like to think, I feel like you're thinking about the user comprehension and whether that illustration is communicating what it should be effectively without getting hung up on, is this the right color? Is this the right line weight? Like, should there be a gradient on here? Like, no need to think about that at first. You need to think about whether you're actually communicating what you need to be. Um, So sketching to me is so important because that is such a key part of my process. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. That's great. And so, so we talked about your process. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I want to do now is actually um, pull up a couple dribble shots that okay. um, that I, that I would really like, and mm-hmm. and maybe we can talk a little bit more about them and get a get a backstory. Yeah, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like VIP. Yeah, story behind <laughs> the shot kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the first one is uh, choose progress, which. Mm-hmm. Is really cool. So it's choose progress over perfection, which is a couple of reasons I want to choose this one. One is the message actually is is awesome. I fully behind that, especially mm-hmm. when building for the web. Like you really have to yeah. choose progress over Definitely. perfection, or you're, you'll never have anything done, and you'll be mm-hmm. very unhappy too, um, because it's just it's a loosely joined mess, you know. But I also I love the the type, and so it's it looks hand drawn and. And then it was a T-shirt, right? So yeah. anyway, I just wanted to get get your story. Where the inspiration for that came from, and and then how it turned into something yeah. more than just a shot, basically. Yeah, a lot of the time, um, I think back then when I when I did this, I was doing more web design work, um, so I wasn't really drawing as much. And a thing that really helped me was to draw constantly, like the side of my screen, like to have a little sketch on the go. So I was actually yeah. doing a lot of lettering, and that's really how. I came to learn a little. I don't really focus on lettering, but I can do it. And so, yeah, I was I was just doodling on the side, and like that phrase, "choose progress over perfection," really said something to me. And it was just something that I drew one day, and then I was really proud of it. So I decided to put it on a shirt on Cotton Bureau. Love yeah. Cotton Bureau. Those guys. Can we talk about yeah, how amazing great. they are? Yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're, they're amazing. They're um, so amazing. Such a good service for for mm-hmm. everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I love them. They're really great. Um, So, yeah, so I was, I think that the reason I liked that phrase so much was that it was kind of around the time that I was thinking about moving to America and, you know, there's like no set when you're a freelancer or if you work full time in the design, illustration, art, whatever industry, there's no clear path in front of you. There is no, you should do this or you should do that. You never know what you're doing, really. You never know if going down that route is going to be better for you or, you know. So there's always so many risks to take. And you don't know whether that's going to fail or not. And a lot of the time, it kind of does a little bit, but it gets you somewhere that you wouldn't have got without making that failure. Yes. Um, And, you know, this is like something that my mom has actually always supported like she's never been like like at one point I didn't even know if I was going to go to college she was like well you know she wasn't one of those parents that was like you have to go to college she was like well you know what you want to do and every decision I've ever made she's always been like that if you just do what you think is right and if it all goes wrong I'll be here and you know and I really really appreciate that she encouraged that mindset of just like do whatever you think feels right and if it goes wrong, what's what's the worst thing that can happen? Right. But right. yeah, you'll make mistakes along the way, but it's not the end of the world. So that's just something that I, I really, <laughs> really like that. And so yeah, hand drawn, full of imperfections. I love it. So um, totally, totally love it. Your mom's smart, and uh, uh, I had a similar experience with my parents too. They sort of you know like, hey, you want to play music? Yeah, go ahead. That's then, so you know, cool. What, you want to drop out of college? Sure, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Having that kind of unconditional support is is kind of amazing, and and then when you get older, you realize that it's it, it can sometimes be rare, right? Um, yeah, definitely. I also like that you you said you were doing a lot of web design at the time, and you you know sort of you wanted you were doing lettering too, and sketch it on the side, and mm-hmm. like side the idea of a side project. Um, I always think is is so important in oh you know, yeah definitely in terms of carving your path through what you want to actually do mm-hmm. you know dribble actually was a side project initially so it's like uh, you never know how these, yeah. how these things are going to turn out and um so i'm really i'm really glad uh oh, i'm glad i chose that shot because that was some that was some really good advice mm-hmm. there too so the second shot i wanted to talk about was um the design makes everything possible and this is i think this is a design you did for envision right yes. and they're Ended up on a shirt, another shirt actually, on uh, their marketplace. Right, mm-hmm. this is really cool. So I, I'm really a big fan of this too. Because, and one of the reasons I'm a, a big fan of yours too is that even your line art style, right, which which is very popular at, right now, mm-hmm. um, has has personality and it sort of it sits apart from 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 a lot of different things. And and like I said before. I can feel like a positive, happy kind of vibe going through <laughs> your work, your icon work and line work. So I'd be curious just to hear about how you approach this and because uh, it's pretty intricate and, and uh, looks pretty involved. So how you got to work with Envision and how that came about? Yeah, um, well, they, a guy that works there called Zane just emailed me and was like, really big fans of your work and we've got this project that we have really cool designers already in on and we want to do this series and I was like oh my god this is so cool like <laughs> Envision are amazing and the designers names that they were listing off were just like 
people that are just incredible. I would never put myself aside those. So it was very flattering to receive that email. And he was like, we want you to illustrate your take on the phrase, design makes everything possible. I was like, well, crap. Like, <laughs> like that's <laughs> quite the statement. Like, how do you, where do you even begin illustrating something like that? Was there any, was there any direction in terms of, you know, no, it was like it's got to be a style, just, just the words no, basically. That was all you had do, to go for. The words yeah. have to be included in it. Right. Um, but it can be very small. Do whatever you want, which is like, it's cool, but it's hard because like, I really struggle to do anything personal like anything really just for me um mm. like I said I'm a problem solver and I like to have a brief from a client I like to feel like I'm solving a problem so I actually learned this lesson from my friend Erin Nolan um she's an awesome designer she she works in out of the townhouse space with me and she always whenever I ask her we're really good friends so I talk to her about work about life everything but whatever I talked to her about, she always asks me why, like multiple whys, like, why did you do that? And I'll tell her why. And then she'll be like, but why? And ask me another why. And it like really <laughs> gets in somewhere and like taps into this like subconscious mm. layer that you're not even aware of. Um, wow. So I've started applying that more to my work because when she's asked me that about any kind of creative work I've done, like I find more purpose in my work than I realized was there or I find holes in my work where I can put more purpose. Wow, yeah. So I really ask myself why when I approach this one. Um, like why does design make everything possible? And I figured that it's because we're designers and we all believe in the impossible, of course. That's why we make it possible. <laughs> so, yeah, that was kind of my concept behind it. And then I started thinking about all of the wacky, like impossible things there are and and just wanted to build this huge illustration that had all of these tiny components within it. Yeah, and and yeah, that's why it it, it looks very time consuming, and, um, <laughs> like in an impressive way. And uh, I love it. I, now now that you've explained it, I'm seeing you know a lot more mm -hmm. into it. You know, like the unicorns and dragons and and uh, everything. That's wait, wait, there are dragons, aren't there? Yes, aren't, they, uh, mm -hmm. aren't those real? <laughs> I, I mean i mean we believe in the impossible so yes <laughs> right exactly. they are real. I, i'm for i'm pro dragon i think they're <laughs> out there somewhere uh, <laughs> uh well that's cool and people can buy that actually yeah they can uh, from their from their shop mm -hmm. which is super cool so i guess to to as a final question or close to final question mm -hmm. um well a couple things one would be what do you like doing the most in terms of work? Like, because you you dabble in a lot of different things too. Mm -hmm. But um, is icon icon work your favorite, or illustration, or is it all kind of depends um, on the project? Or yeah, I think it does depend on the project. I think I like having the balance of illustration and icon design. Like illustration, yeah. I get to be more probably more like creative and get to inject more personality and be funny. Like a lot of the time when I'm sketching my illustrations or working on anything in the studio, like I'm actually yeah. laughing out loud. Like I'm laughing while I'm sketching and I'm laughing <laughs> and everyone loves it. Like Meg is always like turns around in a chair and she's like, what are you doing? I need to see it. I need to see it. And then we'll all laugh at it. Like that is 
I, I'm physically That's funny. Happy. That's what I kind of, that's what kind of what I imagine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it actually does happen. From the work. It actually kind of shows through in the work. So that's <laughs> So they're the amazing. illustration projects that I love the most. The ones that I can put that into. Um, yeah. And I, I hope bet. that other people feel that in some way too. But then I also love icon design too, because there's limitations there and you're designing a system and that kind of satisfies like the more designy side of me. Yeah. Um, cause like I studied graphic design. Um, so I have yep. more of like a design mentality and yeah, I love that. Yeah. And so it's interesting. Um, cause you mentioned like you think of yourself as a problem solver, mm-hmm. but at the same time you're, you're design, you're creating an illustration or icon. I think that's a really good, skill to have like it's a good mesh of skills like someone that can illustrate and have a sort of problem solving Mm -hmm. design mind i think that's that's a recipe for success i think so congrats thank you (laughs) (laughs) totally so yeah thanks for thanks for joining us laura this was awesome no problem at Um, all thank you really great talking to you again big fan keep up the great work where can uh where can people find you you know find you and your work uh out in the interwebs um okay so my my website is lovely as can be but like be like a bumblebee.com and then ghostly ferns and you can check out all you should check out all of like my ghostly ferns work as well because they are so incredibly talented um well they're an amazing group of people to be around they are they really are yeah i love them so much super group over there (laughs) amazing stuff so yeah so thanks again laura and um Thanks for joining us here on Overtime. We'll see you online and we'll see more of your work, which is great. And thanks. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.